You're listening to Vet to Vet Coaching, and I'm your host, Dr. Ginger Templeton. This is episode 29. In today's episode, we talk about energy, both the way that we burn our energy and the way we restore it. I do use a lot of veterinary-specific examples, but listen, whether you're a veterinarian, some other healthcare provider, staying home with your kids, or in some other high-stress line of work, we all experience low energy, we all experience energy burn. So today's episode is for all of you. Stay tuned. I am very excited to be offering a new program called Spark. It is weekly group coaching available for veterinary team members. I firmly believe that everyone deserves access to an objective, highly trained, knowledgeable coach. But let's face it, one-to-one coaching can be expensive. And group coaching not only is affordable, but it provides a unique benefit. What is group coaching? You're going to come into a Zoom call. You may submit a question and may be picked to be coached in front of the group. You don't have to be coached in front of the group. And that's where the unique second benefit comes in. By listening to others, get coached through their problems, you are going to learn how to apply these tools to your own concerns. And because this is a group of veterinary team members, you are going to hear issues that you are facing. You are going to hear issues that your team is facing. This is going to be highly relevant to your day to day. So for $67 a month, you can get group coaching on a weekly basis and have access to me via email for quick questions and the tools that I teach. If you want to sign up, go to my website, drdrgingertempleton, that's drgingertempleton.com. If you're not sure if this is right for you, just send me an email. We'll talk through it. ginger at vetdevetcoaching.com. Don't delay. Spark is going to be an amazing program. It's going to change the lives of veterinary team members I want to see you there. All right, you guys, today we are talking about energy. This is a topic that I have touched on before, but it keeps coming up. And I really feel like we have to dive into it. So today is April 27th. It is my son's 14th birthday. I am 44 years old. 14 years ago today, I was giving birth to this adorable, beautiful baby boy. And you want to talk about having no energy? There is nothing like an infant or a toddler to completely suck the energy from your life. And I remember those days. I remember day in and day out of just exhaustion. And then when Lindsay was sick and in the hospital, there is a special kind of tired when you are doing nothing and spending day after day, literally in bed, like literally in a hospital bed with a three-year-old. And then, you know, the nights sleeping there in the hospital. And I would be like, what did I do? I did nothing. I did not even leave this room today, and yet I have no energy. And now, today, I met with a friend, this friend. I think I've actually mentioned her on the podcast. I would love for her to come and coach with me. She is so smart, so inspiring. And she said, you know, something about my energy. Like, I don't have the energy that you have. And, y'all, that's just crazy. And I've heard this at work over and over and over again that, you know, you have so much energy. Like, we just love the energy that you have. You know, we we just really benefit from you having so much energy. Y'all, I don't have energy. I have actually been coached in the last month specifically on how I run out of energy at the end of the day. 
And when I run out of that energy at the end of the day, my children are the ones who get the short end of the stick. I just don't feel like I have the bandwidth to deal with them. Now, I certainly have more energy now than I did in my 20s, believe it or not. And I definitely have more energy now than I did in my early 30s when my kids were little. But I do run out of energy and energy is finite. I believe that that is true, right? ATP is in limited supply. So how do I have the energy that I do have? And why do people think that I have more energy than they do? Or magically more energy available to me than they have? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Okay, so where does energy come from? I mean, I could be kind of silly and be like, you know, the Big Bang and then there was light. No, guys, energy comes from how much you conserve your energy, how much you replenish your energy, and how much you burn. It's a very, very simple equation. The energy in, the energy out, the energy that remains. And so when I am looking, seeming energetic to other people, I'm actually burning some energy, right? You know, when I show up at work at seven in the morning, two coffees already in my system. I drink my coffee black. I start at five in the morning. I show up well caffeinated, ready to go. And I'm usually pretty cheerful. I'm usually a little hyper. I usually have a lot of ideas at that time of the day. But then when I start to interact, I start to engage, I start to talk. Remember, I think I've said on this podcast before, I am an introvert and I'm actually a pretty strong introvert. So all of that interaction though I enjoy it, is burning up my energy. So energy in, the sleep from the night before, not the caffeine. You know, the caffeine is false energy. And while I love coffee, I do not rely on it to give me energy. So the sleep from the night before, and then I start burning the energy that I have recovered through sleep, through good quality sleep. And I see it. I see it as it goes. And then lunch comes and I try to eat a pretty nutritious lunch and I try to take a little time for myself. Now, I will admit right now because of how I'm working, I am working three different, very exciting jobs. I don't always take a formal lunch break. In fact, right now I am podcasting over what should be my lunch break. But I will say this, I do try and especially when I'm seeing patients. So on the two and a half days a week, that I see patients, I really do try to set aside some time for myself over that lunch hour where I sit quietly, eat my meal, and sometimes I do it in my car. You know, I really like to be in that kind of warm space of the car and just recharge. So energy out from the morning, energy restored from a healthy lunch and from time to myself, and then I go back in for round two. Now, In the micro spaces of the morning of seeing patients, of the afternoon of seeing patients, the energy burn isn't just interacting with clients and interacting with my staff, my team, right? There's energy that's lost through emotion, through thinking, and through making things mean more than they need to. So if I'm having a lot of unhelpful thoughts, about a client, about a patient, about a team member, about a situation, I'm going to burn more energy. If I have practiced in advance helpful thinking and I am in my highest mind and I am really working to keep my thoughts in the space that is helpful, 
I'm actually going to burn a little bit less energy. The same is true of my feelings. Now, I am not here to tell you just change your feelings, just feel happy all the time. That is a false promise. I cannot offer you that. But what I can say is that with practice and with coaching or self-coaching, you can learn to cultivate certain feelings and you can learn to be really aware of unhelpful, toxic feelings that sneak in very, very quickly, especially in the workday. And so when these creep in, as you notice them, if there's a feeling of anxiety, for example, around a patient, one example that I love is the patient that's not getting better. This happens a lot. And I was talking in my burnout course last night with the students about this, right? So you will have a situation where you have been treating a patient and they're not getting better. And when you were a new graduate, or maybe you are still a new graduate, it's very easy to believe that you are doing something terribly wrong. And so your brain creates a lot of drama, creates a lot of unhelpful thoughts. And then as a result, you have feelings that are not necessarily serving you and in fact, maybe burning your energy. And so what I mean by this is you're thinking you should have already solved this. You have missed something. What is the client thinking? The client's mad. You're going to lose this patient. A better doctor, a more senior clinician would have already fixed this. These kinds of toxic thoughts lead to anxiety. They lead to anger at yourself. They lead to fear. They burn energy. They're not helpful. Now, they're natural. They're going to happen. But if you're prepared to deal with them, if you're aware of them and you're intercepting them and letting those unhelpful feelings pass without judging them and without beating yourself up, you're going to burn less energy. And if you have practiced in advance tools, specific thoughts, when these types of unhelpful thoughts arise, you're going to burn less energy. One of my favorite thoughts to go to in this specific scenario is, would this problem have been solved in human medicine in this span of time, and especially with these dollars? So for example, you get a patient, the patient shows up, they've been vomiting for on and off for six weeks, but it's gotten you know a little worse in the last few days and they came into you. In the span of 30 minutes, are you expecting yourself to do blood work, x-rays, get an ultrasound scheduled? Solve the problem when the owner declines those diagnostics? Magically know what's wrong with the patient? Put things into the perspective of the human path. You would have seen your doctor. Depending on how sick you are, you maybe got lab work results back in two days. Maybe you get scheduled for an ultrasound or a CT in a few weeks. Maybe you're taking some Zofran. Maybe you're not. The path that we expect ourselves to accelerate when we don't have the luxury of third-party payers, when we don't have the luxury of specialists for every condition, when we don't have the luxury, we don't give ourselves the luxury of time, and we don't have the boundaries in place that protect us in the way that MDs are often protected from some of the backlash that we get from our clients. The path that we expect ourselves to accelerate patients through is unreasonable. So if you're pulling yourself back and going, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm two years out of school. Yeah, maybe I missed something on that x-ray. But at the same time, I took the x-ray, I offered referral, I offered the ultrasound. And yeah, the problem hasn't been solved yet. 
And that's okay. And in the human field, it probably wouldn't have been solved either. Giving yourself that thought to practice in advance so that you are prepared when this arises, it's a game changer. So this is a very specific example of a thought that I learned to practice over the years and that now pops into my brain first before any kind of unhelpful thinking, right? I have that patient that's not getting better and my brain defaults to, oh, well, yeah, it's only been a week and a half. We haven't done all the diagnostics. Of course they're not better. It's going to be a little more complicated than that. Instead of what I used to think, oh, you terrible, terrible veterinarian. Why isn't the dog better? So can you see how one thought pattern might burn a little bit less energy than the other thought pattern? Now, this does not mean that I don't hold myself to very high standards as a clinician. This does not mean that I don't strive to provide the best patient care. But what this means is I let go of those unhelpful thoughts. I practice helpful thoughts and I practice burning less energy on this self-critical thinking. I also am starting to practice burning less energy on more extroverted behavior than is appropriate for me. Now, this is new for me. This is very, very new for me. And as I mentioned, I got coached earlier this month on the issue of how much energy I have left at the end of the day. So my coworkers think I have so much energy and I talk a lot and I'm really cheerful and I'm really, you know, expressive, right? And they might even put a few negative comments in there, but what I'm practicing is saving, holding back some of that energy for my family at the end of the day. And really, let's be honest, for myself. So what I tend to do when I'm in that environment of work is really drive myself into an extroverted set of behaviors, some of which are authentic for me. I am naturally highly expressive, but I am a strong introvert. And so the more that I engage with my clients, the more that I share thoughts, feelings, the more I spend time in teaching mode, coaching mode, training mode, whether it's with clients or with team members, the tireder I am at the end of that day. And so what I'm practicing is just on a very minute to minute micro scale, holding back some of that. Now, don't get me wrong. I still educate my clients. But I might give out a brochure rather than delving into a full 20-minute dissertation on DCM, for example, right? I might ask my tech if they would be willing to teach that client how to give the insulin rather than me going in there and holding their hands through it when that's really just not necessary or the best use of my time and energy. I might delegate the task of making that phone call, even though it's a client that I really, really want to make sure that they're feeling a sense of understanding around their pet because at the end of the day, I only have so many hours and I only have so much time. Now, some of you who are listening, you're not veterinarians and you may be thinking like, what is she talking about? You know, DCM and phone calls and texts. Listen, I don't care if you are home with your kids, if you are working from home, if you are working, you know, <laughs> at a fast food restaurant, it does not matter how you engage in the world, how you choose to think, how you choose to show up, the amount of energy that you pour into your career, it is a choice. And you may want to bring all of the energy, but you need to be aware that when you do that, again, the energy you have is finite and only you get to decide how much to give away during the course of your workday and how much you save for yourself, 
for your family, for the other things that matter to you. When people tell me I'm so energetic and they see these things that I'm doing in the world and there's this sense of like, you know, I'm, I'm just always busy and I'm always working. None of that is true. I get really tired. I spend time in front of Netflix. On the weekends I nap. I restore my energy. And yeah, there are things that I am passionate about. I am passionate right now about learning to code. I am passionate about coaching. I am passionate about connecting with other veterinarians and really solving this crisis in our field. But I am conserving my energy where I choose to, where I can, so that I can direct that energy to the things that matter. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing, especially if you are burning yourself out in this career of veterinary medicine. Saving energy isn't the only solution to burnout, but I do think it is part of the problem. I think that we are so tired at the end of the day because of how we show up, the perfectionism, the over-engagement, the expressive extroversion that really many of us don't feel authentic in because we are an introverted field. Many of us are introverts acting as extroverts. We get to decide how to show up. And when we conserve that energy, we have more time to spend on the self-care and the work that will reverse or prevent our burnout. But if you're burning your candle at both ends every day, there's just not going to be a lot left over to do this important work. So take my burnout course. We will talk a little more about this and a lot about the tools that we need to be implementing to prevent and reverse burnout. And in the meantime, start noticing where your energy is going during the day and noticing what you're doing that replenishes it. Increase the replenishment, decrease the energy burn. I promise you, you're going to feel better. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Dr. Templeton is a licensed veterinarian in the state of North Carolina. She is not a medical doctor or mental health provider. The content of this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. It does not substitute for medical or mental health care. The content of this show is not meant to diagnose or treat any human medical or mental health conditions, veterinary medical conditions, nor is it meant to provide legal or financial advice. At Vet to Vet Coaching, we take mental health and the veterinary suicide issue very seriously. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts, thoughts of self-harm, or a mental health crisis, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or seek emergency care locally.